Hello everyone, I'm your host Roman Garcia from Nerd Support and welcome to the Creating a Culture of Innovation podcast. We're here to highlight up and coming and growing businesses that want to show off their culture and what makes them stand out with technology. Our goal is to educate our audience about having a strong IT and cybersecurity infrastructure and showing how other businesses are leveraging technology in order to succeed. Nerd Support is an award-winning managed service provider that's been helping businesses in the U.S. and around the world with managed IT, consulting, and cloud solutions for almost 20 years. If you found what we talked about in today's episode valuable and are looking to advance your business's technology strategy, we can offer you a free IT consultation where we examine your technology, cybersecurity, and compliance so we can take care of your IT and you can focus on the growth of your business. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can apply at cacoi.nerdsupport.com slash podcast. And to learn how Nerd Support can help you succeed with technology, visit us at nerdsupport.com. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creating a Culture of Innovation podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Roman Garcia, and I've got another business leader who's cultivating a culture of innovation within his business, Mike Kading. Mike is the CEO of Norhart, which is a real estate developing firm that is transforming the way apartments are built and managed by incorporating revolutionary technologies and efficiencies that lead to higher quality and cost-effective projects. So first of all, thanks for coming on, Mike. Welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? Well, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Glad to hear. Uh, great to have you, Mike. I'll be honest. I'm really fascinated by what you and your team are trying to accomplish. And here we welcome any and all kinds of industry disruptors, I feel like to call them. So let's get right into it. So Mike, yeah. tell me and the audience a little bit about your business's mission statement. What does Norhart do for businesses around you to help them succeed? Yeah, at the heart, we design, build, and rent apartments. And our focus really is driving down the cost of housing. We're already driving it down by about 20 to 30% in our own markets, but we think we can achieve a 50% reduction in cost. Imagine what that means someday. That means someday your rent could be half or your mortgage payment could be half. And in a world where rents and housing prices are going up faster than incomes, I think it's a really important uh, mission for us to achieve. Right, definitely. And is what, what we were talking about right before the show that I think like in terms of the, the market right now, that it's it's definitely asking for someone more of that affordable housing right now that I know a lot of people are, are hurting for that kind of like rent, uh, rent forgiveness and stuff like that. And uh, glad to see it's always so nice to see someone like that on the forefront looking out for, uh, for the little guy. I kind of want to go a little bit into what made you want to start Norhart. And did you have any inspirational figures that led you to start it? Yeah, my parents originally started the business. So I was young. I remember us uh, for family outings going out to the local hardware store, which is like a half an hour drive. And each one of us kids has two carts packed to the brim of materials. And we drove out and we built really small buildings at the time. But then uh, as I went out, grew up and went off to college, I, I didn't want anything to do with the family business. And the reason that was, is I didn't want people to think it was given to me. Right, even though it was a small business at the time, I just didn't want that. But eventually, I worked past my own ego and realized that deep down, what I really wanted to do was make some kind of meaningful, positive impact on the world. And when I looked at the opportunity in front of us, I realized I could take this small business and grow it to something much larger that had that kind of world 
wide impact. And so that was the start of it. And then my dad and I were together for the first uh, little while, but wasn't much long, much, much later that my dad um, unexpectedly passed away. And overnight, I lost this figure in my life. And I, 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 and I, I was leading this business, right? And I didn't, if I'm really honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. But I think looking back, that was sort of the magic. Because we started questioning everything in this industry and there was nobody to tell us no. And so that was sort of the gem and the start of making the impact we're making today. That's awesome. And especially like, obviously it like give you like the drive to make sure that that mission succeeds. Mm, Yeah, very true. That was great to learn a little bit about your your past. And now I want to learn a little bit about how you guys are adapting to, to ways you are now. What are some of the things your business values most in regards to serving your clients? And in the past couple of years, especially with technology and how that's been innovating, how did you overcome uh, all those challenges? Oh, there have been so many challenges. You know, at the end of the day, what what we're valuing as far as how it impacts the customers, there's really three core strategies we focus on. The first is our culture. It's our people. And if you get that right, like literally finding world-class top of tier talent, a lot of other stuff comes into play. The second is disrupting the construction industry. So it's driving down those costs in a way that others have not done because that positively impacts the customer. And the last one's delighting residents. When we think about lower costs, we often think lower quality. Well, that's not the case for us. Some of our properties are the very nicest in the state. Uh, and we are pouring a lot of time and attention into elevating that experience for our customers. But for the, over the past few years, we've we've run into a bunch of challenges. And so um, I guess I'll give you one specifically related to COVID. COVID uh, kicked off and we had our next project lined up. We do, we do them continuously. And the bank was going about to close on financing. About a week or two before closing was about to happen, the bank, and this is one of the larger banks in the United States, said, we're stopping all construction lending. I don't care if you're a good lender, bad lender, or borrower. I don't care if the project's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Everything has stopped. And so overnight, we did not have funding to do that project. And so uh, it was myself and a couple others where it was every day, all day, making phone calls to all the largest banks or banks big enough to do our deals. And it it was intense trying to find that. And eventually something broke, something slid through and we were able to find a bank to do the deal with us. But it was it was hard. Well, obviously glad that you guys were able to make it through that and uh, continuing to push that advantage and, you know, like finding the success you are today. And kind of on what you were saying earlier that definitely about the culture and the passion that you see from from people that uh, if if you find that there, if you make the right team, uh, I know that our, our own team that we kind of uh, go for that kind of uh, culture as well, that if you have that passion together, you have the team that really sees your vision, that there's really just like no stopping it, honestly. Oh, absolutely. That's the most important lesson I've ever learned in life. Right. Absolutely. And so uh, kind of on that note uh, that you were talking about, you know, that how you, you you guys were able to make it through the real estate uh, industry kind of struggle in the past couple of years. I want to hear a little bit about the rest of your domain expertise. And is there anything you've, you've been seeing that could be done better? And what are you guys doing specifically 
uh, with technology and innovation to set yourselves apart from the rest. Yeah, if you look at other industries like uh, in, industrial or manufacturing and agriculture, they've improved productivity over the past 60 years by 700 to 1,500%. It's incredible. Do you have a guess of what construction has done over the past 60 years? So it's been essentially nothing. I mean, they gained 10% productivity in the past 60 years, but basically that's nothing. It's terrible, right? And so we just look at this industry and say, how do we apply what others have learned in these related industries into construction? And that can help us drive down those costs. And so there is a lot of techniques that go into that. But to give you an example of one of the techniques is in construction, the work being done is very segmented. Your owner is different than your developer. The guy finding the site and coordinating, deciding the designing the project, who's mm -hmm. different than your general contractor, who's coordinating all the subs. And the subcontractors are the ones doing the work, the plumbers, electricians, HVAC. It's even more segmented than that. But what happens then is you get systems that are not functioning super well. Imagine mm -hmm. if construction were to produce cars. You'd have a someone installing the windshield who would be a different company than one installing the wind window who's or the door, and a different company installing the the tires. And the tire company would be like, oh, sorry, this week got busy at another job, can't make it out there. And you're just stuck. You're waiting on the tire company to get out there. Then they come the following week and they get upset mm -hmm. because they only can work on one tire at a time rather than they want to work on a hundred at a time. And oh, so yeah. one of the things we did was just bring all of the work in house and it helped us solve some of those efficiencies. But there are literally dozens, if not hundreds of those kinds of techniques that we've mm -hmm. done to make an impact in this industry. Right. Uh, I I actually have a, a tiny bit of experience that uh, when, when I was in college for a couple months that uh, I, I went to go work for, uh, for my godfather and he has like an HVAC company. And yeah, like I, at first when I got there, I didn't really understand how it worked that, uh, that we were working on like setting up the ventilation and everything like that, but that I didn't realize that everyone else that was there in the building, like setting up, uh, like the electricity and things like that. I didn't realize it wasn't part of all the same company at the time. Obviously yeah. now I'm a lot more knowledgeable on that, but, uh, that I didn't really realize that's what went into it. So basically that you're able to, uh, you guys are able to like make sure that every all the parts of the team like mesh together and are on the same uh are on the same page essentially. Yeah, in fact they're all of our own staff, right? So the plumbers are our own staff, the developers are our own staff, the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. All right, well that's cool. In terms of uh is there any kind of like interesting uh, technology that goes into it, like uh making sure or or like any type of like building techniques or anything that you guys are using? Yeah, one of the techniques that's really powerful is we've taken the concept of the assembly line into construction. And so typically construction workers are like, no, that's not going to help us at all. Like our work is unique and special and what have you, but it turns out it does. And the way we do it is instead of moving the product past the workers, we move the workers through the building. So we take the building, break it into smaller batches. We can think of it mm -hmm. like apartment units. And every five hours right now, the, the plumbers move to the next unit 
and then the next unit, next unit, mm. the electricians okay. behind them follow right through that every five hours. And so we're on this cadence right now that every five hours, another apartment unit is complete. Mm-hmm. For Toyota, they've reduced that down to 55 seconds. And I think we can get closer to that point. But right now, uh, that's really an unheard of concept within construction. It's, it's weird because like you're describing it and like once I finally got it, like it sounds so simple. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure putting it into practice is like a whole a whole nother level. The ideas are simple. The execution is horrendously challenging. And you can't even really do that effectively until you've got the first strategy taken care of and having things in house. Right, for sure. And uh, yeah, like especially with like, you know, uh, like I know we're seeing a lot of like efficiency and AI uh, trying to go around right now. Um but uh, I, I think that's like a definitely like a p- part of like real estate that you see like them working on like bridges or housing or whatever. And I, I know like by here that we'll we'll see that construction site there for like months or on, on end, just like, oh, uh, like, uh, you know, I, oh, I only have three hours today. Like, we'll we'll just do it tomorrow or whatever. But yeah, like making sure that all that works in tandem uh, definitely works in like the long term. Oh, for sure. You could take a 15-month project and drop it down to nine months just using that one t- technique. Absolutely. So kind of like uh, in that realm, what do you think are some misconceptions about the real estate and industrial industry that people should be aware about? And uh, how are you trying to remedy that thought? I think the biggest misconception is that construction has to be expensive, right? Everyone thinks that there's all these issues in construction that just are never going to be overcome. We're always going to pay high prices and it just kind of gets into our psyche that way. But the reality is if we can get everyone aligned, the people doing the work to be thinking about innovation, to thinking about change and making little improvements throughout the whole system, you can radically improve it. Hands down. It does not have to be like this in the economy. And so we're trying to show the world by being on podcasts like this, that it is, it is something we can change. And that if we work together, we can actually make a meaningful impact in people's lives in this way. Absolutely. And especially, I, th- I think, like, expanding to kind of the, the areas that are being a little more modernized. Like, I know uh, places like Georgia, Oklahoma are getting a little bit of that uh, love right now. But, yeah, uh, yeah they'd love to sh- uh, share the word on uh, any kind of innovation we got going on. And especially with a with a good message like you guys have got going on. Yeah. All right, Mike. So final question. What's on the agenda for you and Norhart in the near future, if you could share anything? Yeah, we've been on a very fast growth trajectory. We've been doubling in size almost every year, which has been nice. great. Um, right now, we're working on expanding production capacities. And so um, we are working on a plant possibly in Mexico for production. Uh, we're expanding our plant here in Minnesota. So this is some of the manufacturing capacity. Uh, we're moving into other states now to provide housing. So the next state for us is Texas. Um, nice. And then uh, also pushing on the innovation front. So we brought precast concrete in-house this year, steel wall panel production. We're looking at more modular techniques, although I think to drive down costs, it may not it may not be full volumetric modular, mm-hmm. um, but more componentized, like kit of parts. Um, yeah. So yeah, gives you some perspective of what we're working on this year. Yeah, that uh, I'd, I'd be really interested to see about like uh, I've seen a lot of people that I know it's kind of uh, like experimental, but like the 3D printing housing. Oh, yeah. Stuff like it's... that. I I think if you can incorporate that all together, that would be so, uh, so sick to see. 
But, oh yeah, it's incredible. And there's like robotics that we're working with that we're talking to right now that can do uh, painting or robotics that do excavation. It's really pretty impressive. What's what's interesting though is a lot of times the things that make the headlines, like 3D printing, mm-hmm. they're exciting, they sound great. When you actually get into it, it turns out they don't save money. <laughs> right. So if we're focused oh, really? on driving down costs, in some in some cases, like the 3D printing, uh, it's not been as useful as I was hoping it would be. Well, I mean, like, you know, like who knows, maybe someone like creates a certain way so it becomes more cost effective. I'm sure like if anyone could do it, you guys can. But oh, I'm sure that's the future. Yeah. Eventually we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. So awesome, Mike. It was great talking to you. Before we go, I want you to let us know where can the audience find you and do you possibly have anything else to share with them? Yeah. So you can uh, learn more about us by visiting our website, norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com. And there we have two new things going on. One is our new podcast called Becoming a Unicorn. It's about the journey of small companies growing to billion dollar enterprises and opening it up and looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then uh, the other thing is we're launching a Norhart Invest platform, which gives people access uh, to invest within our company. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, all right. You heard him. Go check out their website. Uh, Go check out their podcast, Becoming a Unicorn. I'll make sure to include that as well. And of course, drop a like and a follow on LinkedIn as well. As you can see, he's got his whole beautiful setup ready. I'm a little envious, but I'm working on it myself. At least got like some lights and stuff going on here. (laughs) So again, Mike Kading from Norhart, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by. And thank you for creating a culture of innovation within your business. And we'll see you all next time. All right. Bye. Hi, Roman here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creating a Culture of Innovation. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can apply at caCOI.nerdsupport.com slash podcast. Did you find what we talked about today valuable? Please give it a like and share it on social media. Or if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them and make sure to include the hashtag Creating a Culture of Innovation. We'd love to bring on a diverse group of guests. Since we're regularly putting out new content, Subscribe and make sure you don't miss any episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it mean a lot to me and my team. Want to learn more about nerd support and how we can help you succeed with technology? Visit our website at nerdsupport.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at nerdsupport. Thanks for listening in and we hope you'll stop by next time.